A local baseball fan approached me the other day and asked if I knew there were two baseball teams in Chicago. While admitting most Chicago fans in our area root for the Cubs, he said there are also local White Sox fans who like hearing or reading about their favorite team. He wasn't wrong about his White Sox suffering from neglect. Even when they won the 2005 World Series, their first since 1917, commentators complained that the White Sox, unlike the Yankees, Red Sox, Cardinals, or even the Cubs, weren't that interesting because, other than fixing a World Series, they didn't have much of a franchise history. The truth of the matter is the White Sox have an interesting history. They may be best known for the 1919 Black Sox scandal, but in 1906, just three years after Boston defeated Pittsburgh in baseball's first modern World Series, the White Sox pulled off arguably the greatest upset in World Series history against, of all teams, their crosstown rivals, the Chicago Cubs. In 1906, the Cubs, led by player-manager Frank Chance of Tinkers to Evers to Chance fame, set a major league record with an astounding 116-38 and one-loss record. They were heavy favorites to sweep a White Sox team that had barely won the American League pennant and were so weak at bat that sports writers dubbed them the hitless wonders. But Chicago's hitless wonders outpitched, outfielded, and even outhit the powerful Cubs to win the 1906 World Series. Stunned by the loss, the Cubs went on to win the National League pennant for the next two years and defeated Ty Cobb's Detroit Tigers in the 1907 and 1908 World Series. White Sox fans, however, had to wait until 1917 when Shoeless Joe Jackson led their team to the American League pennant and a victory in the World Series against John McGraw's New York Giants. Two years later, eight White Sox players, including Joe Jackson, took money from gamblers to fix the 1919 World Series. After the 1919 scandal, the White Sox didn't play in another World Series until the Go-Go White Sox, led by MVP Nellie Fox, Louis Aparicio, and Jungle Jim Rivera, won the American League pennant in 1959. Sadly, there was no World Series for the popular Minnie Minoso, who had been traded away before the 1958 season. Celebrated for their daring base running, the White Sox had trouble getting on base against the pitching of Sandy Koufax and Don Drysdale, and lost the 1959 World Series to the L.A. Dodgers. After their World Series defeat, the White Sox struggled through the 1960s and 1970s and were at risk of leaving Chicago for cities ranging from Tampa to Seattle. They did bounce back in the 1980s and won their first division title in 1983 under rookie manager Tony La Russa. One of La Russa's coaches, Jim Leland, went on to manage Barry Bonds and the Pittsburgh Pirates. In the 1990s, with a new ballpark guaranteeing they'd be staying in Chicago, the White Sox won division titles in 1993 and in 2000. In 2005, the flamboyant Ozzie Guillen, one of the heroes of the 1993 ball club, managed the White Sox to World Series victory, the franchise's first in 88 years. While the sports media may find White Sox history colorless, Hollywood loves Chicago's other team. In Field of Dreams, which receives an Academy Award nomination, an Iowa farmer builds a baseball heaven where Shoeless Joe and his disgraced Black Sox play baseball once again. A later movie, Eight Men Out, also portrays the Black Sox scandal in arguably the most realistic and perhaps best baseball movie ever made. My favorite baseball movie, The Stratton Story, also features a White Sox player. It's the story of Monty Stratton, played by Jimmy Stewart, who pitched for the White Sox in the late 1930s until he lost part of his right leg in a hunting accident. 
while Stratton comes back dramatically to pitch in an exhibition game against a team of minor league all-stars, the biggest thrill for White Sox fans had to be the cameo appearances in the movie of Stratton's former White Sox manager Jimmy Dykes and former teammate and future Hall of Famer Luke Appling. Just one note of caution from my wife Anita to White Sox fans about movies like Field of Dreams and The Stratton Story. Even though there's supposed to be no crying in baseball, they've been known to make at least one grown man cry. Every time one of the movies appears on television, Anita gets up from her chair, leaves the room, and comes back with a large glass of wine for herself and a box of tissues for her sappy husband. This is Pete Peterson for Reading Baseball.